<laughs> Hello, my fellow Hepnuts. Are you ready for the cannabis bonanza? <laughs> yes, we are. We're a little slow today. <laughs> Welcome to the new Hemp Time Show recorded at Gotham Studio, the sweetest smelling podcast studio in the world. Today's episode is partially powered by McSorley's Chili Dogs, the McSorley's Ale House, the oldest ale house in the United States. We'd also like to give a shout out to members of the Five and Dime who craft our old fashions, Erica, Dennis, and Caitlin. Yes, What's best up? old fashions ever, unless you drink too many, then it's not good. Yeah, it gets old-fashioned <laughs> quickly. And we'd also like to thank our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for supporting yes. the show and making it possible. Absolutely. Yeah. As usual on the show, I am Jayhan Marku, your resident cannabis scientist. Dr. We- J. Dr. J. Dr. In the Dr. building. J. In the building. We're also joined by the unapologetic farmer, Randy Cameroon Jr. Yep. Yep. And here with our check-in is our clinical social worker, Jan Roberts. Hi, guys. It's me. I am what? Like, guess what? About a week and a half away from my defense for my doctorate. Mm-mm. So really kind of excited Mm-mm. about that. Doc Jan is coming. The next episode we have, you'll actually get to refer to me as Doc Jan. So, woo! I already Anywho. call you Doc Jan. I know you do. But anyway, so obviously Greer's not here today. He must have had very important business, and we are excited for Greer and that he must have something very Well, he's going to be in Vegas next week. Yes, he will. And we're not going to have, and we're not going to have um, our show taped next week. So we're going to take a little spring break ourselves. But I just wanted to kind of check in because we've started this little process of this new Hemp Times, you know, covering the global cannabis bonanza. And I wanted to see how my compadres were doing this week because I love you guys. And Wednesdays are like the highlight of my week. And so I just like to see what's going on. I haven't seen you in a week, Randy. How are busy, you? Busy, busy, busy as usual. Yeah. Brooklyn Sprout business. Yeah. So uh, shout out, and I hope she's watching. Grace Shoemaker is one of the Brooklyn Sprout board members, oh, and she owned 48 acres of property undeveloped in Walsenburg, Colorado. No way. Yep. And now Brooklyn Sprout owns 30 along with... Uh, Grace. Grace Are you serious? Sure does. So and Brooklyn will, Sprouts has 30 acres. Three, 30 acres in Waldenburg, Walsenburg, Where's Colorado. That? It's between Pueblo and uh, Cold Springs, I believe. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a development that we're envisioning. Uh, we already incorporated the name. It'll be called Afia Enterprise. Yeah. A wellness center. Where uh, folks can go for treatment and the latest on um, what people are doing. Yeah, trying to kind of like get health and yep. feeling healthier yep. and well and all yep. that. I have a question. So this area mm-hmm. that you're developing, is it strictly for the wellness center or is there going to be cultivation? So there'll be a property used uh, half for cultivation, mm-hmm. um, which will have a major facility there, science side, um, grow side. Mm. research side um and then we'll have on the other side of the property and it's really beautiful from what i understand i haven't had a chance to go out so i'm planning on going next month um we want to do a resort and treatment spa wellness um a place where all the top folks in the industry can come and speak where patients can come Mm -hmm. and get hope and um information wow uh 
So this, so this is you're talking about really kind of having Brooklyn Sprouts take it to another level. Yep. So not only are you focusing kind of on social justice and and really trying to make right uh, within your own community, you're mm-hmm. also now looking at making this kind of something that's provided for anyone in the U.S. or exactly. elsewhere to come to. That is so exactly. cool. That's so cool. How does it feel to kind of do that? Well, it's. Um you know, at least when you, when you're always in development, yeah. at least when you have a big goal to shoot for, yeah. you know, it's a, like a, a moon landing. Yeah, it makes it worthwhile. Um, Does so. it? Ex- Boy, you're so calm as you're sitting here telling me this fucking awesome stuff. <laughs> like, we landed like on the moon. Up. No big deal. Yeah, no, that is so awesome. Yeah, for you guys. Yeah, I'm really happy. I love hearing my well, friends. Well, it's us, too. Yeah, so, I know. Uh, but, I mean, you know. I love hearing that our friends are making such a difference in this world, you know. But oh, anyway, well, I'm sorry. How is it us? We just sent you headshots. <laughs> <laughs> you did all the heavy lifting. You got the Ph.D. in front of you. Hey. Well, no. no I mean, we're, we're I think family and we're, we're going to do something. And we're you know, going to do When you join together stuff. like this, it's not we, by mistake. Yeah, so for it those ain't. of you who are listening, you have to understand that uh, a few months ago, it was just me and Jayhan who knew. Well, I knew I've known Greer for a while, so it's taken us several months. But we've kind of developed our little tribe of uh, New Hemp Times people that we just really enjoy each other's company and kind of learning from each other mm-hmm. and growing. Mm-hmm. And, and we feel so fortunate to be able to do this podcast for you all. But um, so enough about you, Randy. Hey. <laughs> Now I get to shift it to Jay Hahn. What is up with you, Mister Dr. Jay? Doctor Jay, nothing much. Yeah. What <laughs> uh, do you mean? I, I guess the most exciting thing. I, you know, uh, it's hard to top the thirty acre story. It's exciting and its implications for for Brooklyn Sprout Social Enterprises too. Yeah. But um, what I most enjoyed, I think, from this last week is I got to go see a special showing of some anime in New York. Uh-huh. Did you? Um, there's a studio. They put out a lot of really cool um, anime, like Nausicaa Valley of the Wind is a famous one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a showing they're doing every month, just two days in different theaters. And so wife and I went to go see Oko's Inn uh, on uh, Monday night. Oh, that's cool. And it was Oko's cool. Oko's Inn? Yeah, it's cool. It's about uh, friendly spirits that haunt uh, an inn, and yep. she's yeah. like trying to work with them to take over the inn. It was this cute story. It was oh. good, but it was cool because most of the time we're watching these bootleg versions on like uh-huh. YouTube. Right. So to see like a crisp, clear, well done version like... was really cool. Was oh, it big a... screen? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, I have to say, um, I'm just going to check in here because I had the absolute best. Best, best, best weekend. Hmm. I had three girlfriends come up to visit me from Arden, Delaware, and we celebrated 420. We celebrated the holiday weekend was what we called it. And it was really fun. It was it was fun. I was telling this to Jayhan earlier. It felt like I was starting to celebrate a new holiday, like with certain traditions. And so we went to um, – we <laughs> – we woke up. We just started. Was the day. it just you guys, or are you running into folks around the city no. who are also celebrating? No. Well, several people. I wore my favorite Stigma and Style T-shirt that says Stoner across the front, there just because is. for me, I think I love to kind of challenge people's uh, the stigma that they have related to cannabis users, mm-hmm. and so I wear that. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, I'm a middle aged woman, and 
you know, I, I don't think that they would think I was a stoner, but I'm maybe I am. Who knew? What the hell does stoner mean? We'd have to mean? define anyway, it. So yeah, yeah. Walk us through 420 Eve. What are you so guys doing? 420 you actually Eve. hit something important, but we'll get back to okay. that. No, you did. Well, 420 Eve, we just went around the city and drank considerably and munched everywhere, but we're all telling everyone happy 420 Eve and celebrating it with people at restaurants, bars, you know, just. We were just having a blast. And then when we woke up, 4.20, we enjoyed ourselves, ate a lot of food, came back, watched some old Steve Martin on, like, the 70s Saturday Night Lives reruns because we were just really high. And so we wanted to watch it. And then we went to a musical called 4.20 The Musical here in the village. Nice. And um, it was so much fun. It was really funny. At 4.20, they stopped and said, yeah, and everyone, the, the crowd realized, oh, shit, it was 420. We're all, like, screaming and just, they had free munchies there for you, so Doritos and fruit snacks right. and waters. It was so, we had a great time, and then that night we just celebrated. We have traditions now, so next 420, 420 on for you know 2020 yeah we're going to celebrate again we decided <laughs> oh, it'll be big next year yeah yeah it's gonna be really big if yeah, we have anything exactly. to say about it but anyway i'm doing great finally Good. kind of chilled out and ready to get that doctorate and that's it but man two I'm, weeks to go i know man. dr jam anywho nice. so welcome and guess what you guys are going to be mentioned you know when i do my oh. my presentation about what i've been working on so Ooh, you know, we get you, acknowledged you getting there's going to be a out. picture of you all and i hope you come to the defense i don't know if you will or not i think Greer's is out big. of town but anyway Anywho, so go ahead, Mr. All right. Dr. Marku. Thank you so much for the check-in. Soon <laughs> and wait, to be Dr. by the Roberts. way, Elise Kid, thank you for listening to us. And Amanda, so glad to have you back and hey. so glad you're live in Boston. Boston. Anywho. <laughs> okay. Thanks for the check-in. Uh, we'll move on to our word of the day. Then we'll talk about our research focus, which is patenting of cannabis plants what's it mean yeah. corporations oh, swooping in geez. to patent the cannabis plant we'll talk about a little bit of the history of that then we'll move into our busting, talking about findings in fiction and then we'll go into our new segment listener call and a we have a couple people lined up who are waiting to get on the phone and ask our group some questions about cannabis if you're interested in calling into the show and asking us a question or sharing your cannabis story uh Hit us up on Facebook or social media and let us know. And we can give you our number. We'll make it happen. Excellent. So today, uh, sticking with the theme for the last couple weeks of ancient words for cannabis, uh, I'm going to change this up soon, but I found so many cool ancient words. And this is another Sanskrit and Hindi word for cannabis, vira patra, which means leaf of heroes. (laughs) Leaf of heroes. Vira patra. Patra. Yeah. Did you see what our social media guru did? What she created on our New Hemp Times Facebook page? Yeah. It was she... a little soldier vagabond, like it looks like a tarot card. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here, I'll that. show it to you. Is that cool or what? Oh, and uh, it's holding. Wait, a she pot. did that? Yeah. Oh, I thought that new... was like a, a tarot uh, card or it, something. I know. From, like Whoops. a real. Whoops, wrong picture. Yeah, it looks like a real, t- real but tarot card. But it is. Yeah. But it has New Hemp Times on it. It has the. 
guy holding a pot leaf, and it has the name of Virapatra, Leaf of Heroes. And it looks just like a tarot card. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's awesome. Good. And she's listening to us in Spain. <laughs> nice. In Spain. <laughs> so, so it's not known entirely where this particular name came from. People speculate that because of the many famous people at the time are using cannabis, like Shiva yep. um, and other um, people. Indian who, gods. Uh, yeah, using cannabis. It was thought that that was also used... Um, to treat wounds in the battlefield, too. So that's, it could have come from a variety of things. It was definitely present where uh, people of high social standing or high spirituality were around at the time. But it's, it's not leaf of evil people, you know? Like I, I found in um, alcohol comes from a term al ghul, which literally means to steal your soul or to like <gasps> yes. dis- disintegrate your it soul. Al ghul. That's why they're called uh, spirits. Right there, it is. Wow. So you know, you don't find too many words like that for cannabis. Yin and yang. Yeah. Oh uh, there my you go. god. Well, you know, it kind of totally. does. Yep. It makes people yep. not nice to be around. <laughs> I saw. I, yeah, you know, maybe too. the first part of the drink, but by the end that, of the yeah. night, hmm. yeah. Yeah, I would much rather yeah. be around someone who's just chilling out and imbibing and exactly. Of yeah. Anyhow. Um, uh, That's interesting. Interesting. So um, speaking of heroes, there's a group I want to talk about called the Open Cannabis Project. And this group was established by industry leaders. And we're going to move into our high science here. We're talking about cannabis patents. But a a veritable Vera Patra is the Open Cannabis Project, which is preserving genetic diversity of cannabis by putting – Creating open source cannabis genetics and plants by getting them out there so they're much more difficult to patent. So one of the articles we're talking about today and other stuff is what happens if corporations patent cannabis genetics, yeah. which is an article that came out in Big Spud magazine. Very well written piece. Um, yeah. And, you know, there are – generally it was thought for the longest time you couldn't patent things. But in 1981, the United States Patent and Trademark Office began issuing patents for natural plants and other things. Perhaps the most famous case example of this was uh, General Electric had a scientist who developed a bacteria that could break down crude oil. Yep. It was rejected at first saying you can't patent something that could occur naturally. Right. You're like actually we did all this weird stuff to it. Um, and then they basically allowed them to patent it. Didn't they have a commercial on that? Yeah, I think so. They yeah. did, if I'm not mistaken. I, rem- I remember and, seeing it. And, uh, it's, and so, yeah, so basically patents are like – Four things are important, right? Whether or not it can actually be patented under the law, proof that it is a new concept, is truly new, that it is useful, and it's non-obvious. So you have those four kind of categories. And so patents are always around cannabis bring up the question as well, how can you patent something that's federally legal? How enforceable mm-hmm. would that be? I think it'd be the idea would be right now not so enforceable if you're like, hey – you have uh, I have a patent on that illicit narcotic that you're cultivating. Right. That's my brand of federally illegal narcotics. Right. I'm going to take you to federal court over this. <laughs> Not <laughs> going to have on my crack recipe. <laughs> Put it on Wikipedia. And you know. <laughs> Wait. That wasn't Clarence again, was it? It was his cousin. Clarence cleaned up. Clarence he cleaned gave up the fight. That's why he's. Yeah. Oh, God. No one's going to understand our <laughs> joke behind that. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, go to episode seven. You'll, yeah. Yeah. you'll get it. You'll get it. Yeah. She'll get it. But, you know, it's not, um, you know, it's, it's, so there are good examples of this. It's, it's a hops industry. And let's right? give, all right. So there, there are the closest, like, oftentimes in the uh-huh. lab, when I haven't been able to get permissions and all the documentations that use cannabis, we use hops. <laughs> so oh, really? we're like, you know, we'll use hops in this case too. So there's a variety of hops called lemon haze. Uh-huh. That really? is patented. Yes, because it has a lemony scent. Uh-huh. But in order for the guy who's the former president of the Hops Industry Association who has patents on a couple of hops varieties, it took him eight years of cultivating and harvesting to establish that variety. So you had to know <sighs> what its yields were, what its chemical profile was, mm-hmm. was it stable? Mm-hmm. So right. there were all these other factors in order for him to really be able to enforce and control that um, that product, right? Because he right. had inbred it and bred it and put under conditions. So, you know, if it's something that could only exist because of the way you cultivate it, yep. that could be a way to patent a, a plant product, right? Because right? right. it's not going to exist in the wild or naturally occur. It's going right. to occur under these conditions. Um, so, but, so we patent hybrid plants that we come up with right. in a lab. Right. Uh, various um, types of apples. There's types of apples. There's types of, uh, I mean, there's so a few isn't different. like an there's... apricot plum that someone crafted together. I mean, yep. there's like crazy things. Yeah, there's, the... they're now little kind of tomatoes. Oh, These that's little a great mini, point. mini, uh. I didn't know those are grafted. Yeah. yeah. So really? like my, my issue is this. There are societies that's been doing this a long time ago mm-hmm. um, in some form or some way. Um, you know, whether you're, you're, you're cloning or crossing stuff that they've done, uh, a new company comes up, gets a patent cleared. And as the industry grows, you know, suppose somebody from, you know, the Tonka Islands is Mm -hmm. like, you know, we've been doing this forever and now, and now you own it. Now you own it. And that is such a great point. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's a great parallel to this article, okay. which talks about the Vice show um, uh, strain hunters. And they actually went around the world to go into places that had landlocked varieties of cannabis, just like you're talking about yeah. Tribe Anywhere. Yep. And they're probably growing hemp yep. somewhere. <laughs> yep. But that's what people are going after. And, it, and someone actually died on the show, unfortunately, yep. from oh uh, malaria. Uh, when going after they had found the variety of plants they were looking for because of war, because of landlocked issues, yeah. trade issues, isolation issues, they had found this undisturbed genetic pool of cannabis that the local people have been tending to for probably centuries. Yes, developing it. Yes, and then they I just, saw the episode; it blew uh, my mind. But yeah, but the, it was bad. But they went back it. to organize and help pass to try and like legalize the cannabis industry there too. But right. Unfortunately, but yeah, but it, 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 it brings to that question like, okay, so the pharmaceutical industry has been doing this for a long time. That's how they got a lot of uh, Percocet and a lot of opiate opioids come from the poppy plant and right. are synthesized and things right. like that. That's where they're discovered. I think half of all, about f- over 40% of our drugs come from natural products. Sure. So, I mean, it's, it's not an uncommon practice. I'm not saying I agree with it, but it's just... It, but imagine if someone had patented the opioid plant or the poppy, you know what I mean? Like, then you couldn't have had that creativity of creating other medicines, uh, right? I would say that we, I wonder if there, I know that there is a patent on producing opioids in yeast. 
There's just really? like there is for cannabis. Patents don't prevent black markets from That's existing true. or doing what they're doing. So, yeah. so I guess if cannabis stays in the black market, th- which it most likely, you know, always will, well, because most of the, I, I think the inter- one of the angles is this: the entrepreneurs and regular users and the regular Joe Schmoes that's been the steady, uh, dedicated users slash customers slash supporters since the 70s mm-hmm. who don't have the capital have the idea or maybe have been doing it in some form uh can't compete against a company that says you know well we've we've been in alcohol for right 80 years we want to take advantage of this they know how to they, it's like got, they're a big machine they're a they big machine they've got the lawyers they they can hit the ground and they can also, yeah, they have the power that and they have the power. these startups don't have. Exactly. That's just, it goes back to the kind of concern that I have with this industry is that we're just getting, but I understand it too. This is where I'm struggling Yeah, is that I understand the need for all yep. of the these things, but it just makes me sad that we have to have that because yeah. then we're cutting out a whole part of this culture. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. And 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 so it's like what is that balance between having corporate resources but also really staying true to what the whole use you know, what the plant's about? Like D- does fostering that make innovation. Right. right. And and patenting is right. often seen as an enemy of innovation. It can be good. Yeah. But if you lock up a plant like in a case example, a sour diesel is right. a patented variety of cannabis allegedly owned uh, by a company called Biotech LLC. Right. So if you have to buy like Monsanto products, buy their seeds, mm. you can't clone, graft, or, or or breed with it. That narrows R and D. So if it has a even trait, though it didn't prevent any, uh, yeah, mean, when, you know, New York side. <laughs> but hold diesel, on, you know. though. Yeah. No, Us. but but let me ask that then. Uh-huh. So then the idea is that these big companies like Monsanto will be buying. All oh, of they this. are. That's they are that's already. what they're. But I think that that what is enforceable and how these initial patents are going to affect the industry remains to be seen. I I, I hold out that very few people will be able to demonstrate that they have a stable variety of cannabis. Mm Because most people, right, most cultivators are already buying clones from a third party or they got the mother tree and they're they're making clones. And so it's kind of already controlled in a way where people are not engaging in R&D, not engaging in breeding, and are relying on uh, third parties or partners to provide those genetics. That's how it works. We have have co-op shares. You know, Mm -hmm. you you guys... You buy feminized seed that is a, a a registered certified strain, and you grow that female, and you you sell your clones and you know clippings. Yeah, and so, mm. so we see parts of this, uh, but I guess yeah. And what we're concerned about is minimizing access. But even without patents, you know, this is what bug. You know, what this has always been a concern is the preservation of unique varieties of this plant and even back in the the days before the coal memo and the cjs amendment which allows the industry to function without federal interference mm-hmm. uh, for the most part there were raids all the time and varieties of cannabis that people were breeding were just would just disappear Destroyed. and you'd go to you know patients would go to a particular dispensary because they were the only ones that have this variety but the risk was if they ever got raided 
there That's went sick. the entire genetic cyber and people would urge people to like hey keep one of my plants here in case something happens and i'll keep your but there was so much distrust i think in the industry mm -hmm. that um you know and that's why i like this open cannabis project idea that's also being run by a guy um, named john gilmore who was also about putting he had a um i think it was like the electronic frontier <clears throat> foundation eff something mm -hmm. like that but they put up open source uh code to keep it out of from being patent so we could have access to all sorts of coding. So now his thing is open source cannabis genomics or genetics so that they can't be patented and anyone can grow and use these varieties. Because mm -hmm. the concern is, is that let's say you have some old sour diesel seeds and cannabis right. becomes legalized and you're allowed to grow three plants. You could grow three plants and then you'll become like that Monsanto farmer. That's right. <laughs> you have to leave the plants, you know, for them to come pick up because you can't grow them and you I could see. get sued. I mean, th those I are some of the overreaching concerns is that they could just literally shut down anyone who's using yeah. um, something derived from that product. Right. Well, but what's the opposite, just to, just to ask? The if, opposite is, If, if they're yeah. outlawed. Um, I guess if patents are, are controlled, you don't see a lot of these yeah. patents, um, or you see certain types, mm -hmm. you could see a lot more innovation and development of products and these varieties. So if someone has, say, an idea, yep. I'm just going to try and make something up. Say you have, like, I want to create the... You know, uh, this new, this rare cannabinoid I found, I want to grow a plant that produces it. And I have a special method to do it, and it's going to be extracted this way. And you have this kind of seed-to-product approach. You could then, that it's more effective to raise money to make that dream come true. Right. And so I think that there are some good ways to use patents to secure, because it just gives you 20 years to use your idea, the novel thing you're trying to do, so that like a big company can't come in and do it. Like, you know, Monsanto spends like $3 million a day on research. That's right. Little guys can't want, compete. <laughs> want yeah. to protect your idea. Yeah. So if you have an idea for a cannabis product or plant or service or something, you want to protect that so that Monsanto or another company can't come in and say, oh, your your annual budget's $3 million? That's what we spend in a day. Right. Yeah. Like, kapoom. Right. You know, so they, yeah. at least you'd get licensing fees for someone using the idea or innovation you found mm -hmm. or invention you mm -hmm. made mm -hmm. or, you know, yeah. That, well, that I would, think that's, that's fair. And that's the trade-off. But, yeah. but you want to, yeah, you don't want to stifle it because, you know, imagine if uh, the first person who, like, came up with an apple splice, like patented all apple varieties. That'd be like, no mind. Granny Smith, right? That's right. <laughs> exactly. That's right. And that, that's what concerns me the most about it all. Right. Is that I get it, I understand it, but I don't like it, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's the world we're living in right now. And I can't believe that this is what, you know, how cannabis is these days. It's become like, and even I'm guilty of it. Like, I won't have a conversation unless we have NDAs in place, you know, and everyone's well, trying to protect themselves. And it feels like you the, have to now. feels like the Wild West. Yeah, it really it is, the Wild, it is West. the Wild West. It totally is. I've never been in an industry where people are actually rewarded for risk taking behavior, and I've never met so many groups of brilliant people. Like, but are risk takers right. and are, you know, like, you know, just so much more liberal in that kind of perspective in a business. And it's a fascinating kind of like sociological observation yep. when you go to these conferences and you meet, um, you know, who the big players are. Right. And you really kind of get to learn more about the industry. Yeah. I, it's been, well, again, this is how I met Dr. J. Yep. <laughs> hey. 
<laughs> like minds. Right, right. And this is how I met you, Randy. Yeah. And like experiences. Yeah. And and it's fascinating what's brought people to this industry. You know what I mean? Like, I know I got into this industry because of my own personal experience mm-hmm. with cannabis and how it helped neuralgia pain for mm-hmm. me when I had shingles. And everyone, for some reason, we all have this kind of beautiful motivation that brought us here. Right. If that makes any sense. Oh, it does. You know, and... And it's kind of it's a very unique industry in that, and it's you know I just feel so fortunate sometimes to work in it. It is. I, it's. I've also noticed there's a lot of folks, I guess, new businessmen that aren't traditionalists like we are, right. but see the either financial benefit yeah. of it, yeah. and and they're kind of playing both sides. They're still doing what they do, and they're yeah. you know they you can only front so much that this is your total commitment and what yeah. you do all day every day to grow this business. Yep. And I found, you know, you do have people that see it as a high-end business thing and they want to kind of um play it as one of their point pieces in their portfolio. Yep. yep. As opposed to us who are traditionalists who yep. have Yeah. You know, I also kind of one of the things I think about is like how we do business in this field because I know for us, we've made some conscious decisions on the types of companies we wanted to work for or work with. And for us, it's about making sure that we're aligning ourselves with people who philosophically believe that cannabis is not just a product or a revenue stream, but also has an ability to kind of change the way we think about things and change the way how we function. That's right. And, And that, to me, is just something that... I'm hoping that this industry will do a lot more of, and I do see that effort. Well, you I think know. we're in position to shape it, and we got, yeah. it, and we it, we have to put it on yeah. ourselves to do that. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm curious, like if people are listening, because I'm watching. We have actually several viewers today who are kind of piping or who are watching, and I'm curious if they have any kind of thoughts or observations too. So, if you're listening to us, type yep. it up, and we can kind of talk about it on the air as well. Anyway. Excellent. Well, I th- you know, this is going to be an ongoing discussion, the, the patenting of cannabis plants, the application of technology derived from them. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's time, uh, you know, uh, to move on to our next segment because, cool. of course, we all want to get to the listener Q&A. <laughs> but first, we first, it's time for me to grill you guys over oh, what gosh. you've learned oh, this week about cannabis. Wait, is it what we learned or what we have to make sure that you're not tricking us <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, what we don't know. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of both, a little bit of both. So, you know, when you hear strange things about marijuana, who are you going to call? Cannabusters. <laughs> right. God, that's so, so nerdy, but it's so our, cute. <laughs> our first cannabusting job is a headline, and I want you guys to tell me if this is a, a real finding, is this a real story, or is this just a fiction? Hmm. So our first headline is Cannabots. Are the robots coming for your weed? Is this Ooh. a true headline, a true story uh, that was reaching national proportions about Cannab- robots coming for your weed? Is the headline. Cannab- Cannabots. Are the robots Wait, coming for are your weed? Are they coming for it or delivering it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> 
<laughs> now that's this. You got something with that one. Yeah. The delivery. Real was... or imagined, there are concerns that cannabis employees will disappear and be replaced by drones in the cultivation warehouse or perhaps for delivery services. Oh, definitely. Now it's a real article. Oh. If you just gave away the body of the article, if that's I could have made it up. <laughs> <laughs> I say you made it up. I'm saying it's real. It's real. Cannabots, are the robots coming for your weed? This is a true story from the Canna Law blog. Indeed, it is a true story that that because of issues with, say, law enforcement, drug testing, and other regulations, it might be cheaper and simpler just to have robots fly around oh the cultivation room. <sighs> the first time one of those gets tangled in netting or a plant, right. it's over. All the buds are chopped down. What the dude? Yeah, we're not we're not talking about the walking Honda robot. We're talking about the spinny <laughs> yeah. drones. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh my god! No, I kind of prefer. Sorry, damn it! I was preferring the the old like robots. Hello, like I've got your nickel bag. <laughs> I've got your neck. Yeah. Does not compute. Does, Does not, not compute. Uh, C3PO, this isn't <laughs> what I wanted. <laughs> Can you imagine? Give me my money now. <laughs> imagine him showing up at Snoop's house. <laughs> People will be ordering the robot just to mess with it. I know. <laughs> just to mess with it. To see what happens if the person shortchanges the robot. Right. <laughs> I don't want to be there. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> We've even got Miles over there laughing. At <laughs> oh. oh, this is our job, people. Okay. All right. Our next story is this a true story or not? Uh, as we all know, the the holiday of cannabis was Saturday, April twentieth. Yes. And is this a true story or not? The largest cannabis delivery company website crashed on April 20th from too much demand, from too much traffic. Is I this say a true yes. story? True. Cannabis delivery true. company website crashes on April 20th. True. This is indeed true. According to <laughs> Bloomberg.com News, Ease's website crashed on 420. This is a marijuana delivery service available in California and other states where you can okay. go online, put in orders, yep. and they deliver within you know state regulation. They won't like meet you at McDonald's or something like that. But they, and there's a quantity limit, yeah, obviously, right? That's yeah. crazy. But it, it crashed. All they needed were more robots. <laughs> That's it. No, that was actually an like issue. Drums. There was an issue when I lived in Philly. There was a guy who was caught selling weed with a drone. And yep. really? the way they caught him was people were chasing the drone. <laughs> Throwing rocks at that moment. You hit it. Knock it down. <laughs> well, they also busted uh, in the penitentiary guys in the freaking parking lot flying his drone uh-uh. over the wall of the penitentiary, <laughs> dropping Drop freaking... The- yeah, <laughs> dropping narcotics on the yard and then sneaking it out. It's like the pinata of yeah. narcotics. Oh and then they, I swear, another story I heard is they got squirrels packing that'll no. climb the walls. Yep. How do they Wait, train the squirrels? They, I have no Wait, idea. They put... The, I don't even think they put it in. I think okay. they put a little backpack Oh, my God, I'm totally, like, back. imagining that they're... Oh, they're uh, what the fuck am I thinking? My little squirrel. <laughs> Somehow that's less grass. than a squirrel. It's, it's less suspicious than a pigeon. <laughs> yeah. 
birds all come into one oh cell. Oh my god! Just imagine that one. <laughs> that bird man of Alcatraz exactly. makes so much more sense now. It does. <laughs> bird man of Alcatraz. Right. He's flipping birds. All right. God. Yeah. Jeez, Louise. We're getting nutty today. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, is this our, our next headline? You guys are doing good so far. Oh, yeah. So our next news one, we got a couple of news ones and then a couple of science ones. So our next news one, uh, is this true or not? I don't know. Mitch McConnell said hemp could replace tobacco and argued that's why voters should reelect him. Yes, true. Is this a true story? True. Mitch McConnell said hemp could replace tobacco and that's why voters should reelect him because he's all about <sighs> growing that hemp. Oh, turtle. I'm not up on that I'm going to abstain. I'm going to abstain. I'll say false, but I didn't know. I will say true, because he's from Kentucky. And this is a story from Kentucky, and this is true. Mitch McConnell is thinking hemp could replace tobacco as a cultural crop. He was behind the farm bill. Yep. He was really, yeah, because it was Kentucky. You know, a lot of Kentucky hemp farmers Mm. out there, and Kentucky is so financially depressed, you know, and having financial problems Mm. that that was a great cash crop so that's as much as i can't stand that man well yeah. he did that well he he said at a, a recent rally how does my job as majority leader help you help kentucky at the top of the list i would put hemp because that is one of the reasons he says he should be elected is because of his role in um helping to pass the farm bill and and making sure hemp will be being cultivated sometime wow. soon um, I think there was a state, I don't know if it, it's not Kentucky, but another state is doing hemp licensing. They had, went from a f- like 200 licenses they gave out last year, and this year it looks like they're going to give out 2,600 licenses. Holy cow. So it's really... Are they, in, are they in danger of kind of doing what Oregon did, um, where they had too many licenses handed out? And... Oh, really? There's an issue with that. There's also an issue of how you're going to have enough inspectors to go to all these places right. to ensure that they're producing safe products. Um, you know, but it also brings into mind if you have if you don't just have five licenses for millions of people living in a state, but you have as many licenses as the market will support, right? And you let those economics play itself out, you might soon learn what the real cost of producing these products are. But again, we get into regulatory issues. And simple one is, is if I grow five tomato plants in my backyard, it's really easy to make sure that they're healthy and happy. And Right. right. But if I have right. a thousand and I'm it's by whole myself. whole different business. And that's what you're hitting on. You're talking about farms that probably are struggling to maintain whatever crops they're doing. Yep. And the cost effectiveness of switching over to hemp is a lot smarter. Yeah, they're like, I don't have to water this. I don't have to water this. <laughs> I mean, right. Like, see these at once. It does its thing, you know. Um, let the yeah. crop yeah. grow. I mean, you're yeah. not working the damn thing. You don't have to use a tractor anymore. Man. No, this that is, is true. All right. So, guys, ready for yes. the next one? Let's get is it. This... I love these. I have to tell you, I love how you just find these stories and these articles because you just. Yeah. I, they, I feel like I learn something new every week. Yeah. I, I hope. Miles, are you learning something new? You're taking notes, Miles? Oh, Miles. Miles yes, was he's sleeping. like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we caught Miles. He was in a daydream. Right. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Sorry. Well, well, is this next story a real finding or is this a fiction? Law enforcement strikes back at 420 events by pulling permits and compensating sound systems. Is this a true story? Did this occur in a couple locations, or did I dream this up? You dreamt it up. 
She said there wasn't any law enforcement pushback against 420 that involved pulling permits. Oh, yeah. Confiscating sound, sound equipment. equipment. That's where I have an issue with. Mm-hmm. Why would they confiscate sound equipment? Because they're like the parents at the party. They right. take the well, to speaker take cable. It. You don't want to turn it down? <laughs> I will take I'll this. take it. You tell your friends. Exactly. They can go home now. Yeah, well, you... they did it. No. So we're tied at 1-1. Yes. Well, Janice sniffed it out. It is uh, indeed a made-up story. Bum, but bum, it's bum, but bum, it, bum. but to give you credit, Randy, <laughs> it's things that have been done in the past at marijuana events. Oh, yeah. Like the night before, um, one event, I think it was in Michigan, like one of these hash bashes or something. Not necessarily uh-huh. a 420 event. It was a cannabis event where law enforcement went out the night before or a local official. No one really knows who. And put out like uh, fish guts everywhere and like fertilizers down so that the next day when the people are in the concert, <laughs> like that's what? chemical warfare like that. That's yeah, that's how people strike back. Are you serious? Wow. Yeah, I, I, I Wait, don't make police these police officers did that. I, it's rumored that it was police officers, oh but probably community members. Someone was out there. A couple years ago, at one of these outdoor cannabis festivals, the night before, putting out fertilizer and fish guts all over the Why? place to fertilize the soil. Like, oh, it's time for its treatment right, right before your permitted right event. <laughs> right before 10,000 people oh <laughs> gather God. in a field. That's full a malicious of horse little... shit. Oh, my God. Okay. Jumping around. I don't understand that. Do you? I don't understand that at all. Like, why would they be that mean? Sorry, mm. I tend to believe sometimes yeah. in the goodness of people until I meet an asshole like Let that. him smoke a <laughs> joint and he wouldn't do that shit. That's the sad part about it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So what else, Jayhan? What else do you have? All right. Well, so I've for some of these stories, the, the fiction and the ones that I found, uh, I've been trying to make up some story to put them in context. So is this next story was this something that it's a finding or is this a fiction and it's hard to imagine with all legal cannabis available and in some cases a large black market in regions with ineffective cannabis programs but knockoff products appear to be increasingly common so i want to ask you guys was there an article published recently about fake weed cartridges popping up across the country fake weed cartridges is is this a real national story about them popping up across the country. Is the fake cartridges a real thing, or is this a real fake story? Meaning there's not oh, really yeah, that a... La- okay, Jay, so... you just confused me by <laughs> right. that. I, I think it's okay. a fake story. I mean, a real story. Yeah. It's a real story? Yeah. yeah. So it's not just... Fake cartridges. Fake cartridges. And we're not just talking about black market cartridges here, right? So you're saying cartridges filled with, like, whatever. Something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. This is a good job, guys. You you got it. This is indeed fake wheat cartridges are still popping up across the country is a real news headline. And according Jeez. to headlines around the country, you know, these are hot items. But authorities have recently seized these cartridges in New Jersey, Nebraska, <laughs> Delaware, Florida, Indiana, Ohio, and Massachusetts, and soon to come to a state near you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh, that's- Crazy. So uh, they found um, fake weed cartridges um, that were like look like kids' cereal boxes. So some of them look a little more ridiculous than your standard like cartridge you might find in a dispensary. Yep. The the contents are usually obfuscated or covered, and so like uh-huh. they they tend to be. I don't know. I'm just these are the all I can gather from the information is that. What the, are they usually comprised of? Like, no one really that? knows. Um, they haven't goodness. tested it. Not yet. So someone is like vaping urine 
or something. Oh god! And calling I mean, it lemon haze or it's water. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're like essential oils. Yeah. Like, beep, beep, beep. Uh, oh who knows? God. Who knows? Just it's it's just why it's important to know your sources. Be able to trace things is. You know, there, there's trickery out there. There, there, are, there, there are lots of tricksters. Lots of tricksters. Oh, my God. Damn. That uh, is just, again, special place in hell for people yep. like that. Seriously. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. So our last finding or fiction headline. Yes. Okay. Before we move into talking about science. All right. Did Baskin Robbins and Hagendaz issue a joint statement about people of color and weed legalization? Was this a national story? Is this a national headline? Or am I just hungry? But Baskin Robbins and Hagendaz issue a joint statement uh, saying, make sure weed legalization doesn't leave people of color behind. I'll say it's a fake story. Why do you think it is? Because I can't imagine that they would. Because they're competitors, That's unless they're thought. owned by the mm. same business. I didn't think. What they if were they owned were by... owned by the same business? Would you well, believe? Well, I know that a there's a Baskin more. Robbins and a Dunkin' Donuts thing mm-hmm. partnership, right? But two different but products. So. I don't think Hagen yeah, think they're is compete. part of that yeah. little duo. Two ice cream manufacturers aren't coming together over mm, weed legalization. Mm. No. Nope. Oh man. You are correct. Yes. But but that's sad. But Ben and Jerry's did <laughs> oh, issue a weed legalization God, statement saying okay. that people of color shouldn't be left behind. But I, they did do uh, that over the weekend. They did it over four, over it the is. holiday weekend. So. The 420 holiday weekend. So are they not Seattle best. cats. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so they cool cats. I, so. they are really, really they've done some great work. Man. That was Little trickster Jayhan. You like that? Well, I good thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, that was, I was that like, was man, I was like, they're, they're competitors. They're... Yeah, there's no way. So I should have just chose one in the mm-hmm. future. It should have just done Hagen Doss, like some yeah, German. And that's you know, why I would have been, eh, nah, <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. Sorry. All right. Well, those <laughs> were the top <laughs> news, real, and imagined stories for the week. That was good. And <laughs> now I want to. Go into the science, and with these real or fictional science, I'm going to give you a little bit of context to help understand them, and then I want you guys to tell me, you know, I'll ask the question, did the researchers X or Y? And so, just to give you some context. So, our first finding, or is it fiction, is it a research finding, is it fiction, is about the endocannabinoid system. And we know, like, you have the ECS, which is what cannabis stimulates in our body. It's like a naturally occurring system, like endorphins. So the question is, is, is about research on steroids and hormones and their effect on endocannabinoids. So did researchers study steroids, among them testosterone, cortisone, hydrocortisone, and found that they may elevate endocannabinoids by uh, inhibiting their degradation? So is this a true story? Did researchers discover that these very common steroid hormones stimulate the same system as THC, or am I just pumped up over cannabis? You're making that. You're up. making this up. You think it's? You don't think? Why? Why do you think it's not true? What do you think that? I, what threw me was the hydrocortisone, the testosterone, testosterone, and cortisone was, was and the cortisone. So we're talking, if I'm not mistaken, two topical applications, and then a 
human produced. Yeah, uh, and those are just three of the six. But yeah, there's so there right, these... three of this. So that that so, distance there is what threw me off. Mm, interesting. I don't believe what you're saying. And the reason I don't believe what you're saying is I think it's probably the reverse. Oh, that mm. they oh that they they, they not that they, they they further their right. degradation than than inhibit that, it. So okay, no those are good those are good things. So no, you have I didn't know that's I not said what that. I meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> Dr. J. I'm just goes. I was saying <laughs> that actually the ECS is responsible for impacting them. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So the lie was in whose... Mm-hmm. So okay. did researchers discover that these steroids stimulate the same system as THC? We're saying one, which is a great thought, is, well, you have some that are produced internally, some that are applied topically. They're, how could they be affecting it? Right. Uh, we have sayings that actually it's... The story is the other way around, <laughs> that the system is impacting these steroids and these hormones. Well, according to the Faculty of Bioscience and Technology for Food, Agriculture, and the Environment in Italy, uh, the results point to steroids as new regulators of FA interaction with membranes, which may impact the biological activity of endocannabinoids. So this is a real article published in April, which looked at six common steroids, including testosterone, hydrocortisone, and hydrocortisone and cortisone, and found that they did indeed... Uh, limit or inhibit the degradation of our naturally occurring THC-like molecules and anamide to a G, the endocannabinoids. There, they elevate. Um, someone here and tap, tap, we're... tapping. <laughs> it's not my heart, right? No, <laughs> no. I okay. think we have someone uh, beating on the walls. <laughs> okay, so this this story is true. Steroids, it's the ghost of Greer. Steroids and, and these hormones oh, okay. stimulate the same system as THC. This is brand new research coming out. Mm. We'll include it in the notes for those of you who want to read more. Wow. So, but good thinking on that. I really liked what you guys said because I thought made the same things. How could these broad class of steroids yes. mm-hmm. have an effect? But apparently, they have similar mechanism of action. They're maybe not all be acting in the same place, but they're having... Why is testosterone considered a steroid or classified as a... Because it can help to... Uh, there's anabolic and catabolic steroids. Some Once it's build. been extracted, yeah. not naturally uh, it might produced be, testosterone. If, I think if it's getting uh, to the sites where it can have an effect, it probably would be. It depends on the amount and concentration. So part of perhaps hormone replacement therapy or... Yep. Some of the effects from people, say, using it to compete right. might help with pain and inflammation mm-hmm. in terms of, like, building that body mass or something hmm. like that. Or bone density, for example. Endocannabinoids, <clears throat> cannabinoid system is important for, like, preventing osteoporosis. Yeah. The healthier your system is, you know, the less likely you are to have severe age-related osteoporosis. So the effect on bone, I could see, is, like, sure. potentially being... And, and testosterone does create denser bones. It's one of the things why people don't know if men who are transgender should compete later in life because they have an advantage of bone density and having testosterone, Mm -hmm. which gives them sort of a natural advantage in certain competitions like powerlifting and things like that. Hmm. 
Anyway, that was off into the deep weeds there. Hey, um, I need to interrupt you guys right now because Amanda posted something had a because we were talking about those fake cartridges. Uh-oh. <clears throat> and what she said is, have seen so many gift- gifted cartridges that are not cannabis. Encouraged a customer to have theirs tested, and it turned out to be DMT. What the heck? The spirit molecule. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that if you took a big inhalation Dude. on that, you would not get the desired effect. Wow. I mean, could you? Can, um, I can't. Th- I can't imagine a cooler thing. What, what is DMT? It's in? a powerful hallucinogen. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, no, you. You're the expert. Um, it's basically thought of as the spirit molecule. Some people think it's. Okay. Are we able to hear that? Am I, is that someone on DMT or is that are they coming through the ceiling? It's either a construction crew or a five-year-old. Hey, and it's going live. I'm afraid that something's going to fall right. down on us. That is crazy. Somebody's to... not into smoking. <laughs> Do we need to tell anyone? That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, wow. super oh. loud. Oh, they're, they're, doing, they're construction. doing construction. <laughs> and they don't even realize they're above a studio. Oh, right. welcome Facebook Little Live listeners, Whoa. because this is, look, here you comes thought, Miles. <laughs> you, you thought you were going to interrupt us. How about that? I it got a little angry for a second. I know. Like, I thought it know. was the ghost of uh, Gotham City right. podcast. If you were listening really close in your headphones, we apologize. <laughs> Sorry, man. We were, we were just a little freaked out ourselves, yeah. to be quite honest. I was like, what the fuck? Because people go. have been hitting on the walls since yeah. we started this podcast. All around. And now they're hitting like above us. You could see shit shaking in it's here. Like, it's like he was trapped in the ceiling trying to get out. It's like, help, help. I, I don't wait out. for the spirits. I get, I'm the first one out. So. <laughs> you see Farmer Rand like, yeah. <laughs> it's like That's you heard the footsteps. Yep. And like, and, oh. Uh, oh. Amanda oh says it sounds like a tap class. <laughs> well, I can do a tap dance if you need me to. There we go. <laughs> So, so what she brought up was that's crazy, and oh yeah, isn't it more excuse, uh, expensive to put that crap into a? Uh, uh, wait, so tell him about DMT. Tell they... the listeners about. Um, <laughs> well, like I said, DMT is the spirit molecule. Um, it um, so this is an hallucinogen. It's a tryptamine type drug. It occurs in a lot of plants and animals. Um, it's lesser known the kind of LSD or yeah. or magic mushrooms it produces a brief but intense visual and auditory hallucinogenic experience mm. um you know some people have posted um reports of their trips online yeah. arrowid i think .net or .com um, is a website where people post a lot of drug experiences you also find a lot of it on reddit some people mm. talk about getting visited by Martians and things like What's that. What's the safety of, like, how safe is it? Um, that's a good question. I mean, you um, it's been used historically by various cultures for ritual purposes because yeah. of, you know, its availability in the natural world. Yeah. Um, it, it is illegal in most countries. It's, it's also known as the businessman's trip because, um, 
you know, you could have a full depth psychedelic experience in considerably less time than other substances. Mm. Wow. So it can be inhaled, injected, vaporized, ingested, and it you know it affects does on the dose. But it's again, it's a very short period of time. We're talking five to fifteen minutes, but effects can last uh, three hours if they are orally ingested with. Um, it's some sort of inhibitor. I want to say a monooxidase inhibitor. They're mm -hmm. MAOIs. Yeah. 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 So if people take those with it, it'll extend the mm. lifespan of it. Wow. Um, wow. It's typically administered like by Amazonian tribes. It's it, been mixed with ayahuasca brews. And this mm. is so, this is another reason why legalization and having safe cultivation practices and making it available to people is so important. Yeah, and it can be do, made cheaply too. Um, particularly, is that where the advantage is coming? Probably because you also have synthetic than... isomers, you yep. know. So you have some guy in a garage is like, "Yeah, this is uh, my version right. of DMT," right. and, you know. Oh and then, my god! Yeah, um, and but there, but my favorite is reading about the uh, reported encounters with <laughs> external entities, um, like elves and stuff that people report. Yeah, I'd like to hear about. <laughs> I like to hear about it's weird things. when some people have like the same what? experience they're like that elf it is it you too wow <laughs> but I can't think of a more frightening thing than like being somewhere and like you know to, like, you know like oh I have some back pain I'm gonna use my this cannabis product and then you're just gone and for 15 gone. minutes like oh my god and like, your friends are like what the fuck were you smoking <laughs> Dude. Like that could ruin an yeah, evening. That'd ruin everything. <laughs> and maybe that's yeah, yeah. Definitely don't drive. And with it's interesting. That. She's in Massachusetts, so uh -huh. they're in their really first year of of uh, these, you know, dispensaries. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Disseminating a lot of products, so already she's hearing <laughs> the ghosts are back. This is weird. Boom! 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 <laughs> Yeah. We finally made it. Come on. I feel like we're I'm, across the border. I feel like I'm screaming about DMT. I it's know. a naturally occurring molecule in the brain. <laughs> While we're talking about it. Yeah. Okay. It should stop. So, ladies and gentlemen listening to the podcast, yeah. we have. Uh, Construction that shall be stopped soon, hopefully. So, but the last thing I want to say about DMT, Thanks, despite there are synthetic versions of it, despite it being a drug of abuse, it is a naturally occurring molecule in the brain. Its modern neuro like function in the brain while you're awake isn't known. It is hypothesized that it is secreted during REM sleep and things like that. But mm. it's a it's not a it's a low cost molecule for your brain. Some people have talked about how it's released in your brain when you die or you think you're dying. And that creates some of those spiritual experiences. Oh wow. But yeah, it, you know, it is a very interesting molecule. Um but it is associated with visual dreams and mm -hmm. things like that. So oh, cool. again, there's this is still a fringe area of research because there's not a ton of there's like a FDA approved, you know, DMT sleep drug in development or something right. like that. So right. A lot of these researchers are, are kind of dedicated to this. But um, anyway. So what else? Anything else? Mm. Or should we start taking calls? No. Well, I do have a couple more headlines. If, I have two more. Okay. Two more science okay. headlines. Right, cool. And then we can we can uh, bring in the callers. Um, so the next – so um, for our next research study, a little bit of background. You know, we often wonder how does cannabis affect our household – 
and the people and things around us? It's a common question. So the study in question involves how cannabis use affects people and things around the user. Um, so did scientists uncover an association where cannabis use was shown to be positively associated with pets but not houseplants? So a recent study surveying household cannabis use found an association that was like, okay, there's a positive association with the quality of life of pets like cats and dogs, mm-hmm. but a higher mortality among houseplants. Mm-hmm. Is this uh, a real study? users? Yeah, cannabis users in the household looking at the effects of the household. How does it affect relationships? How does it affect um, income, health of children, partners? And what was unique about this study was the pets and plants and other things they looked at to see uh, what the impact of use was over a series of months. So did scientists uncover this association with healthier pets but not houseplants? Or am I taking your dog for a walk? I I'm going to go ahead and vote that it's true. I'm going to say <laughs> it's true also. Interesting, interesting. Hmm. Why do we, why would you think it would be true that that the pet, cats and dogs would do better but more houseplants right. would die? Because <laughs> I'm thinking the test group that was given these <laughs> questions are more of the stereotypical pothead, right? Right. And they will spoil their dog by <laughs> sharing the smoke with them, getting the dog stoned and sit there stroking them and, you know, maybe go out on walks and smoke while, you know, because the rest mm-hmm. of the house. Yeah, so, in other words, they're neglecting other members in the house and other things in the house. Mm. So, the plants don't they're, get watered. They're neglecting their chores. Their chores. Watering the damn plants, moving them towards the sun. And the, I really hope that know. I'm wrong about this, but I agree with you completely. I, I, I just would – I assume that it's true too. But again, I'm also – I'm one who kills my plants. So I kind of – you know, and I love my dog. Wow. I th- <laughs> what does that say about me if it's true? Uh, well, I think we should <laughs> – You're like the rest of the heads out. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, I have to say, I think we should apply for a grant because this study was completely made up. There was, oh, <laughs> there, was, there was no study on pets and houseplants, but it makes sense Doesn't from a quality it? of life factor. I mean, maybe maybe we might find out that dogs do better than cats with a cannabis using household. We just don't know. So. You know, this sounds like such an interesting study <laughs> Well, it came came from a statistic I read, which said that 96% of veterinarians say they've been asked about CBD products for their pets, and almost 40% of them get asked weekly about it. Yeah. I I can't say who, but I had a faculty member ask me about it, and I felt like the faculty member was asking me to hit them up for weed. Yeah, well... (laughs) They were asking yeah. for their mm-hmm. dog, mm-hmm. you know, and right. it just cracks yeah, me up. Right. It's for Fido, yeah. I swear. Sure right. it is. Sure I was like, is. I, I, all I could think of was my luck, the dog would die. I would never get my doctor. There it is. <laughs> Smart. I know. So I was like, I don't really? know what you're talking about. Yeah. Do not know. Sorry. Try a milk bone, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, okay. Jehan, that was good. That was a good one. All that right. was really, I you enjoyed that one. I, was I thought like, I was on to something. I you know. might be. You might be. I, really. I mean, And I thought that, oh, shit, how did you know that I'd like this? <laughs> I mean, because we've seen people do that. You know? I mean, I, like, kill, yeah, I cannot. The joke is I cannot keep plants alive. I yeah. kill my plants. Yeah. you got to get yourself a cactus. I can't, I, right? I even fucked my succulents up the other day. <laughs> you what? Yeah, no, I, I, I messed <laughs> them up. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Fucked my succulents. Uh, that's a classic that, right there, boy. That that's be a on t-shirt. t-shirt. There I it fucked is. My succulents. That's up. a t-shirt. Because green thumbs will be like, yeah. me, I've done that. Other people are like, oh my, what? Yeah, she fucked what? Yeah, she sucked she, what? <laughs> I fucked my succulents up. Anyway. I did fuck my succulents up. <laughs> They're all broken right now. Oh, Anyhow, my God. Poor babies. I oh. know. But oh. Ruby's doing well. The dog is. So Good. that's all that matters, so- right? <laughs> Just like that study. Anyway. Oh. I, mean, yeah, I think we should do an online survey about <laughs> pets and plants. And I think, we, I think we're on to something here. I didn't even think it would be possible. But you guys are making me believe that. I just proposed a research study. <laughs> okay. So our next and final finding or fiction, our story to cannabis, is a little more serious. But yeah. um, so this is our last one before we move into the callers. But so the background on this is marijuana is commonly used, right, as a recreational substance with you know pain relieving and mood enhancing properties. Many people living with HIV identify cannabis as a palliative substance, something to use to help them with symptoms or their drug regimen. However, um, you know, there are concerns about THC, which is known to influence the immune system, have an effect on the immune system. So the effects of marijuana use in people with HIV are is a little controversial. There's some evidence that it might be helpful with weight gain, but there's also very very few little literature available about the black adult population that has HIV that's using cannabis. And so the question is, did researchers conduct a study on black people living with HIV and found that those that are using cannabis have higher immune cell counts than those that don't use cannabis? That is, higher CD4 or CD8 counts than their THC negative counterparts. So does cannabis positively impact HIV? Would researchers investigate a community that's often ignored in respect to these health outcomes? Is sciencing finally focusing on areas that desperately need attention or I'm trying to focus you away from the truth? So did researchers conclude that um, in the people they studied, black people living with HIV, that cannabis use was associated with higher CD4 and CD8 counts than their THC negative counterparts? Am I just trying to sound cool? Or is this a real study? Well, we know, Jayhan, you always try to sound cool. You gotta be cool <laughs> with a name like Dr. J. I know, right? So we we've blown that one out of the water. But I would actually think that that would be a true finding. Me too. Well, and I think it. I think it is. Let me double check. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> it is in our favorite journal, the Dad Journal. The Drug- Dad, Dad Journal. Drug and Alcohol Dependence Journal. From watching you, Dad. So, in an interesting <laughs> note, <laughs> yes, Sorry. I read you, Dad. I know what you're up to. Um, so, this is called Confirmed Use and Lymphocytes Count in Black People Living with HIV, published uh, this month. There is a small caveat. The paper was retracted, but is available in a new version. It was retracted because they published 
using a method that didn't belong to them. I know we talked about patents earlier, but apparently they used some method from a book uh, to look at their um, the medical information they were gathering, and they used a type of analysis that didn't belong to them. Hmm. So what? they had to use a different type of analysis to show the same data. And it still... Sh- Goodness. So it's, so, it's pad, so if you go to look up the study, it'll say it's retracted, but then there's a link where you can go to a fixed copy of the study that's been republished. Oh, so this God. was big findings, and I was like mm. so glad they republished it because I was like, oh man, this is was an amazing study. Was it a statistical study. test that they didn't know yeah. that they had to? Wow. Yep, yep. Kind of crazy, kind of crazy. But I think it's uh, I think it's about time we go to some listeners. Oh, this will be fun. Q&A. Yeah. I wonder, are we ever going to hear back from Chris? Chris? Why don't you give us a call? Chris. We want to hear a uh, Should I, uh, should I from... check in with our first caller? So, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Here right. comes Miles with a plug-in. Let me, all right. You guys uh, talk about cannabis for a second. Cannabis, <laughs> cannabis, cannabis. That t-shirt is going to be special. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be special. 420 <laughs> t-shirt. That's funny. I fucked up. Wait, That's what funny. was it again? Uh. Oh my god! Suck my fucculent. <laughs> no, it's not my. F- I, I fucked up I my succulent. I sucked my fucculent. Oh my god! I, I said marijuana. <laughs> Stop talking about damn succulents. <laughs> But oh the god. succulents were messed up. They were fucked up. Anyway, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is so, I have to tell you again, while we were waiting for Dr. J, I'm so proud of Brooklyn Sprout and this new we're gonna have a good new time. opportunity for you. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have a good time. Yep, really good time. Special things for folks. Yay, I love people like that. Yeah. How, uh, let's see, we have, I am going to uh, DM me your number. Amanda wants to call in. Cool. Hello? Yeah. Amanda's going to call. We're going to hey. get Amanda on the phone, too, cool. hopefully. I love Our this most guy. dedicated listener. I know. We love Amanda. Amanda, we got a job. Amanda's going to get a job with us. <clears throat> That's after Miles. Oh, Miles. We're going to steal Miles yeah. away. Yeah, that can be fun. You can ask follow-up if you want. But <laughs> huh? I think that would be a fun one. What's that? Good. Wait, we, got we have it. a question hey, right now. In-house. Now. Wait. Oh. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Miles is trying to buy land in Colorado like from us. I'll introduce you in a second. Hang okay. In oh. Here we go, guys. Our first caller. Great. All right. <clears throat> All right. I think we have our first caller. Are you there, Julia? Hello. I am here. Welcome to the New Hem Times podcast. Thank you so much. You're here with Julia and Randy and myself. Jay hey, Hunt. Julia. Hi, Julia. Thanks for calling. Hi. Thanks for having me. So, uh, what's your uh, question that you'd like us to kick around? Um, So, the first question I have for you is, um, how many suppositories would it take in order for someone to ingest them orally and have an effect? Wait, suppositories orally? Wow. Oh, I wouldn't want to have it orally. It's supposed I, to go up your get butt. Behind. Yeah. I mean, An oral suppository. <laughs> <laughs> I've now never heard of it. Is, is this, we don't mean to be something? disrespectful. Oh, was, that, okay. was that a mistake? I don't oh, yeah. mean to be disrespectful. Was that a mistake, Julia? 
You mean is anally? it for a sore, sore throat? What's an oral suppository? I know, for? I've never heard of so, so this is a concern that was raised by some mothers okay. in our state. Okay. No. Well, where are you calling from? I mean, they have throat hemorrhoids. Colorado. <laughs> Colorado mothers in Colorado were worried About. that or that suppositories would be taken orally. Yes, this was raised as a concern. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're maybe they're. Uh, CBD suppositories for and and the kids are are thinking they can. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Well, the are you saying that there are just some crazy mothers out there who are are worried that their children are going to ingest this, or that they're not going to know it's for rectal use only? Like, are these kids? That's my my question Mm -hmm. for you. (laughs) Okay, well, what's in these products? Are they are they cannabis extracts? Are we talking about derived substances here? Because I know there's a licensed THC suppository, but it's a derivative. It has a what's called a hemisuscitate group added to it because it will not cross the um, the colon, the Mm -hmm. skin layer in there, the epithelial layer in there, because. It's, you know, they have to add something to it so that it'll actually penetrate mm. versus just acting locally. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know if your question's about taking a cannabis product that's like a whole plant extract um, mm-hmm. orally or if you're talking about taking one of these derived products. Orally. Or perhaps kids are, are eating Preparation H, which <laughs> couldn't be good either. We should look on Reddit because maybe. Oh, my <laughs> I mean, gosh. Ugh. With I the guess Tide you could say challenge. that with any, you know, that argument well, just I'm, doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I think, I'm glad you raised that point, uh, Jehan, because uh, I think it's important to determine whether the product is made from derivatized cannabinoids or not. And um, it, even though, uh, to your point, if it's not derivatized, it likely will not be able to absorb into the bloodstream from the colon. Um, oftentimes, there are suppositories that are marketed to only have... Um, a directly extracted cannabinoid in it, like THC. Mm-hmm. And so I see common doses, doses to be 40 milligrams per suppository, and they're typically um, made in either MCT oil or cocoa butter or something mm-hmm. similar. So. Well, there mm-hmm. isn't a lot of evidence that suggests that those would get into the bloodstream. But if your goal is to, you know, treat locally – you know, where it's sitting, um, you know, that is a possibility because maybe you have some lower intestinal pain. If you can get it there, then, you know, that would have a or, local effect. Or is it the, are moms concerned that their nine-year-olds or, or pre-smoking, you know, kids are finding out that, you know, let's try and get a buzz by sucking on a, a suppository? Oh my god! Mm-hmm. I think that con- might be part of the concern. Yeah. Oh I did Ugh. see a candy in the dollar store that was a plunger with a toilet bowl where you stuck the candy <laughs> plunger into the sugar. Really? Uh, so maybe these kids are like, "Oh, this has a butt on it. This right. is good." <laughs> yeah. But like, I, if, put it like, in your mouth. <laughs> I think. Ugh. I think. What does this taste like? Right. I think <laughs> proper labeling and making sure your kids know the difference between a, a, a rectal and oral delivered medicine would be appropriate. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, I, I think this ultimately, I mean, I think that we have to be very clear, Julie, as you mentioned, be very distinct about what's in these products because even if they're not derived compounds, the other reality is, is like you said, they're in some sort of proprietary blend, and it could be designed for absorption in the colon and not the gut. 
right? right. It, it could just work unpredictably in the gut and not have a lot of bio. Who knows? I'm kind of making stuff up here to con- discuss sure. this, <laughs> but that could be the concern is that, yeah, it's it's designed to be efficient through one end and it's not going to be very efficient in the other. Um, Kids, yeah. don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> don't do it this. <laughs> oh, All right, cool. Well, thank, thank you, you for calling, so much. Julia. Did you have one more question that we could answer? A quick one, or or do you want to call in next week with your other with your next preparation age question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I suppose my next question uh, for you would be, um, what is your opinion on the regulation or lack thereof of the hemp CBD market? Oh, well, we could do a roundtable on this one. Yep. What do you guys think? <laughs> um, I mean, in what state? Yeah. Just is there if, nationally, nationally or like locally? Um, I suppose. I would be interested to hear your answer to any of the above, but let's just say in New York. Um, oh, I would cool. love there to be some. Yes. I'd, yep. li- I'd like uh-huh. some ability that if I got a CBD product or a loved one got, or my dog or cat got a CBD product that I could return it to the manufacturer if it didn't perform as advertised or there was something wrong with it. Right now, I mean, these products come and go as quickly as they're made. There's sure. little or no traceability or accountability. And, and that's scary. I mean, when yeah. there's risks, you want assurances. And I think that's not too yeah. much to ask. But I don't want to see such heavy-handed regulation that these products, there's you know super barriers to getting these non-intoxicating products. But some sort of reassurance. Yep. Um, For protection. Yeah. It also, it also, regulation also protects the the product creator that has gone through the process of delivering right. something that is a great safe. product that's safe and really yeah. does something and it separates us from the the bootleggers who yeah. are going to cheat that, who are going to have the contaminated yep. products and, exactly and, protecting public health it protects people who are doing it right yeah 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 so i, I think, do think that so you're you're and oh mean, absolutely You know, I just worry, especially from the patient's perspective. They're thinking, you know, I just know of people who've had physical issues happen because they were taking um, what they thought was CBD and it wound up having having some other contaminants in Mm -hmm. there and it caused a physiological response within them. And stuff like that just scares me. I automatically, just from being a grower, I just thought about regulation as far as growing yeah, in the state of New York, and how much, and in what counties, and yeah. um, how it gets processed, and you know, just from because I'm always thinking about cultivation of plants, but right. um, from a product safety standpoint, we've got to um, we have to protect. This. Yep. 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 I, I and protect people, the consumers. Yep. Oh wow. Does that answer? Does that give you a good answer to your question or a start? <laughs> that did absolutely. Thank you. I All appreciate right. it. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks Julia. Julia. Thank you so much for your time, appreciate Julia. It. Thank you. Amanda yes. also wants Thank us. Thank you. All. You're doing great. Thank Bye. you. Thanks so much. Thanks for <laughs> Thank listening. You. Bye. I know. I love our statistics. Uh-huh. Keep getting better every week. Right. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Right. So, um. <clears throat> I also have Amanda wants to call in as well. So cool. whenever, how many, do you have another I, call? We have two callers right now. Uh, okay. Does she want to be the last one we do, the third one, or does she want to do? Yeah. Okay. All right, let, yep. me, let me see if. Is she on hold? Still on the phone? No, I haven't. I haven't. Um, I can text her. Or she can call in. You want me to go ahead and just have her call me right now? Or 
Hi, Brian, uh, are you there? Whoops, don't do that, Amanda. Okay, uh, yeah, do you have tight. your question ready? All right, we're about to have next our next caller. caller. This yeah, is fun. We're yeah. getting, like, really cool questions. I love yeah. that Good we're community. doing this. If we can just have more people who want to, uh, uh-oh, she's on a train. Amanda's on oh, a train. Perfect. Whisper, Amanda. Whisper. Oh, my God, that's a great <laughs> <laughs> Don't let them know you. Hey, guess who's watching us right now? Who's that? Greer Barnes. GB. <laughs> right. He All missed right. us. He missed us. All right, we have our next caller on the line. Awesome. Bryant, are you there? Yes, I'm here. All right, where are you calling in from today? Uh, specifically from the University of Minnesota in the Agricultural Horticultural Department. Oh, wow. Nice. Someone from Minnesota is listening to us. Awesome. Thank you for calling, Brian. And what, uh, no and what is your question for our group today? So uh, I've been designing a few experiments uh, here at the university. Uh-oh. And I've blowback um, for actually getting the actual crop here on the university. And I wanted to know the actual, I guess, importance of doing the science that is required to establish this crop horticulturally and agronomically uh, in an economic sense. So you want to know the importance of studying hemp and its support to agriculture and maybe economics and- as well? Yes. Um, so, for instance, uh, the, the science around, say, let's take soybean is a huge crop up here. Uh, yeah. We know planting in emergent states. We know crops to buy crop with it. We know things to intercrop with it. Right. Um, and the USDA has made this crop legal, and we have about 67 counties of our 89 counties growing it now. Yeah. And these farmers out here have no extension pages and no resources as for, you know, um, beneficial pests or you know, anything of that matter, that kind of information is available to other crops, but not for him. Sure. Yeah. I mean, broadly speaking, and I think Randy can go into more detail, but but broadly speaking, I think you've hit a lot of important things. One is just looking at the environmental impact. The more you know about the plant, the more you can take advantage of natural ways and, and ways to you know, work around having to use stuff that's going to harm the environment or right. leave a big carbon footprint. Right. <clears throat> um, understanding the plant will allow people who are working with it to do things like patent products, varieties, and cultivation methods. If you don't know the plant, you don't know if you've created something unique that wouldn't have existed in nature previously, as right. we, we discussed earlier right. about patenting mm-hmm. of, of cannabis plants. And Right. And you're also talking about what what should be happening, I guess, is, is hopefully happening out there in Minnesota, which is a partnership between uh, farmers and folks that make living in agriculture who want to turn their fields and space into hemp production, but don't have that traditional knowledge that they find in um, years of soybean production and other products that that are well-tested and there's a huge knowledge base. So um, it's going to have to start in the universities. Um, How developed is your program right now? Or where are you guys yeah, in the evolution of it? So I've actually, so we've designed, a, I've designed a few experiments. Um, one is revolving around, so uh, when you switch from a conventional system to an organic system, there's three years of soil amendments that you have to give the plot before they can be certified. Mm-hmm. Now, many farmers here will intercrop with, say, uh, winter rye mm-hmm. or some other type of cereal grain, mm-hmm. um, which is relatively low in value. And 
when you look at the objectives of what an extension page is supposed to do, basically benefit the bottom dollar of the average farmer, um, this hemp crop right now um, exceeds all agricultural crops as far as value. Mm-hmm. So it would seem that figuring out a way to intercrop cannabis in the three-year soil amendment where mm-hmm. the average farmer is not getting any money because they want to go organic, yep. it would make sense to put a crop like hemp in to kind of bridge the gap of where you're supposed to kind of take a hit 100%. in your pocket before you get to organic. 100%. That's the exact point we we were saying about what hemp can do. And also, it's it's day-to-day low maintenance. And if um, I could uh, venture or, or float an experiment past you, one would be, you know, you're absolutely right. Hemp is great at remediating the soil, pulling yeah. up heavy metals and things. So it's a great way to remove that. So one thing you could measure is, you know, heavy metal content before and after from soil samples. But the other thing would be interesting is what does it do to the biome of the soil? Because each plants need their own kind of, I think they're called like endophytes and other beneficial biological right. organisms. So maybe hemp has a benefit there that rye or wheat or these other crops don't, but also potentially looking at what stuff other than heavy, is, is cannabis or hemp pulling out any good things out of the soil that mm. you're going to want to replace with those amendments? Oh, Within yeah. that three years? Yeah. That might be something to look at. It might be nothing. You know, it right. might be something. But that, those could be things to kind of solidify it as something that is useful during this stage of, of, of agriculture. Sure. Mm. Yeah, sure. I mean, here as it sits now, we don't even know if Minnesota soil is suitable for bass fiber hemp production <laughs> or fiber hemp production. So people are out right. here just planting crops, and they don't really have an objective based on our soil type, right? Uh, mm. For what's best best for them. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I just like to, I just want to know the real importance for doing this. It seems like the USDA set this crop out and made it legal, but did and you know the actual knowledge to where. Um, beneficial, you know, for the average man, it really comes from extension pages at local universities, but we can't necessarily research the actual plant on campus as of right now, which is super contradictory, whereas, you know, I can go buy seeds and send them in an open envelope to Canada as of right now, but you mean to tell me I can't plant it on my university and give you real real answers Mm -hmm. to real questions? Yep. Would they... that? You know, that is when people talk about research being blocked, people aren't talking about administering THC or CBD in the clinic. It's this type of research that you're talking about, Brian. And I, I hope that there's a something happens so you don't have to apply for the DEA license just to grow a few simple plants or an agricultural study. But that might be what your university's it's thinking. Ha- it is. And At I w- this point. Yeah. And, how else would they? And unless you can get, get some sort of special permission from like the USDA or something, I don't see any way you could do it. There are researchers at the University of Nevada. I think the gentleman's name is his last name is Miller. Um they're doing indoor pesticide studies on hemp and cannabis plants. They might be a useful group for you to reach out to because they're navigating that as well. But you may okay. also, and again, I'd Look love to Kentucky. talk to with you offline about this too. But yeah, Kentucky is a great example. They're they're going to be, you know, there might be people you can reach out to there. But your local producers who are cultivating crops, maybe nearby, maybe engaging them in an offsite research study. And and one of the ways I got around doing research on cannabis <clears throat> at universities is I would propose the project to different department heads, and I use the word project. Because projects have defined limits and end, 
research may never end. That's right. So, so if you propose, I oh, want to okay. do this project on hemp, and, and I think you're, you know, one of the things that helped me was I just went around and talked to different people, different departments. Just like every day, I like had a, a hit list. I was like, I'm going to talk to the chemistry guy today, talking to biology guy tomorrow. And I just go to their office hours and say, hey, I'm trying to do this project. Do you think you can help? What do you think I should do? Yeah. Um, and sometimes they can give you direction or find you those allies who are interested in that project. And that's what happened with me. How I was able to test cannabis at a university is I found a chemist, worked for NASA, was really excited about testing cannabis. And he found a way for me to apply within the university to get permission that did involve um, going through more restrictive processes. So I encourage you to reach out to your faculty. They're there to support you. But also, um, I'd be happy to talk with you about approaching some of these producers and engaging them That's in research. That's what I was going to hit. I mean, connecting yeah, those farmers, sure. too, and getting that network going that they begin to lobby from their side also. Um, you know, that's an important voice. Yeah, exactly. Okay. This is, that was a, yeah, thank you, Brian. This is an excellent uh, topic. We'd love to have you back to let us know a more about your research in the future. That's, <laughs> that's so heavy crazy. Work. That's wait, awesome. And oh, wait, didn't you win an award recently? Didn't you get an award? Oh, yeah. I had actually uh, won of um, the Mahmoud Elshali um, Cannabis Chemistry. What? Whoa. Okay, he's all that like, uh, cool. Brian is just like, yeah, you know, I ain't one. I wasn't going to bring it up, but uh, <laughs> I could replace any of you guys if you want me next week. Oh, my gosh. Go ahead. Oh great. That's I'm great, glad, man. I'm glad I searched you. Well, thank awesome. you. Congrats thank on you that. So yeah, man. Keep up the good work, brother. Award, and, and, uh, yeah, and feel free to message me. I'd love to um, discuss this yeah. more with you if we can be helpful. Awesome. Absolutely. I'll connect with you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. All right. Awesome. So we have our, also on the line, we have um, our wonderful person, and this isn't going to work here Mm because I have an iPhone. How did you get that I just plugged in. Do you not have an auxiliary port? No, for I have headphones. One of those. No, I have a. Oh. I have a thing. Hold on. Hold on. We have to get we a have, dangle. We've got to get a dangle. Hold on. So we also have one more caller. Ezra from last week wants oh. to call in. He has another. He has another uh, story for okay. us later. But um, we could try putting him on now while we get the dangle, if you want. Ez, Ez, give us a hit. All right. Sorry. We'll we'll. Um, Awesome. We'll, we'll yep, see if go Ezra's ahead. Let's available. Get, see if Ezra's we'll available. give him have him tell us his story that he's burning to tell us. <laughs> he has a story. Well, how about Brian's research? I mean, that was crazy. A hemp oh, was, researcher. I yep. had no idea. Yep. Good thing I looked him up on the internet. Awesome. Yeah, we awesome. gotta have him awesome. on again. Ezra, so, are you there? Hello. Hello. All right. Hold on. Technic. Right. Oops. Wait. Let me. Up. Whoop. All right, hold on. Uh, is it not working now? Uh, I think it was. I think I just pushed the wrong button. Oh, there it is. Oh, now we're, we're doing a live. Call. Hey, Ezra, it's Jahan, Randy, and Jan. How are you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Hey, Good. Ezra. Good we, to hear from you again, buddy. We wanted to have you on. You said you had a, a story for us about cannabis. Mm-mm. That's right. Yeah, my, one of my many horror stories from my consulting time. Okay. Well. Uh, if you don't have a question, we'll take a we'll take a cannabis horror story. <laughs> okay, I do have a question, but I'll save it for after. Okay. So this was early in my career, so forgive me for not stopping this from happening. But um, 
And this is also the day that I decided that I was not going to work on butane or mixed hydrocarbon extraction uh-huh. laboratories. Oh, man. Sounds okay. dangerous. Sounds like so, a scared straight story. <laughs> it might be. Sounds it like someone be. was if, missing some if eyebrows. You're not straight at this point, if you're not straight at this point, I feel like you have no hope. But uh, so they were using a Tamesium, um, and I'm not going to name names because you know I don't know what they're doing now. But uh, but they were using this uh, Tamesium unit, which has like several vessels that are connected by um, by pipes, essentially flexible metal pipes. Mm-hmm. And um, you would migrate that, the butane by heating one vessel and cooling another. Oh, my gosh. Oh, so it's like almost like branches, and you're just heating one to move it along, right? To Yeah, it's like a single pot distillation almost, except mm. it's more than one pot. You're just mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in practice, it's worked. It's worked pretty well. You know, you can evacuate one container by heating it up, chill the other container, and all of butane will then condense in the chilled container and be evacuated out of that um, that first container, right? Um, and so the first container has this big metal column on it, uh, and then a pot below it. So the big metal columns where you keep all your cannabis, and they would you know, go from a tank of butane oh, and enter, and the butane enters over the column, filters over the material, dissolves the cannabinoids, and then and dumps out into the pot. And yeah. then the pot evaporates. You know, after that's done, they evaporate the, the, the butane off of there, and it migrates to another container, and the cannabinoids and oils and such are left in the original container. Sounds um, good in theory. Yeah. Sounds, sounds good in theory, right? Um, so there are valves to connect the, the the tubes that shut off the tubes essentially, so you can open one pot while it's still oh, connected. Right, right. Okay, because you don't want it leaking so, to another to another yeah. place. You got to continue. Yeah, it. yeah, because yeah. it wouldn't it, it wouldn't solve anything. You can open the, the vessel if there was you know boiling butane <laughs> on the other side. Um, so here we are heating up this oh my primary goodness. extraction material. This you know, this crude extract yeah. in here, we're heating it up, and it should be migrating over to the other side. Little did we know, the valve connecting that pot to the chilled pot was not open. So they're just sitting there heating it up. So here we have superheated butane in a, in a vessel without anywhere for it to go. You know, the thing's not losing weight as it should be. So we know something's not happening right, but we haven't figured out what it is. <laughs> and the guy who's hired me goes and says, I'm going to check it and goes to the thing. The thing is, uh, where is this still located? Is this like in, in a, a basement, garage? a garage outside? Where is this? It's in a garage. Oh, so that's in a garage. Yeah. So his See last it. words and, uh, were you to you were, <laughs> I'm gonna I'll go, go check. <laughs> that's the last words of a lot of both of them. <laughs> Talk about high desert, right? That's where we were in the middle of the desert in California. So, um, so the guy who's hired me goes to check it, and uh, and I and he grabs this valve, which not a valve. Um, he grabs this big hand screw that basically affixes the collar, mm-hmm. so that it keeps the pot together with the you know the, the lid that's attached. To it. 
attract, I'm sorry, attached to this column. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get one step as he, as he goes and starts turning, I get one step closer and I'm, and I'm right next to him and he's turned the thing just 180 degrees, right? He probably took, you know, four or five turns to actually undo this collar, but the force that was in that pot wrenched the collar open and shot the column into the ceiling. Now, all this superheated butane and extract instantly expands and and just just a, a quick wind of butane and thank goodness there was no ignition source so this oh. isn't a story about why i look like freddy krueger okay <laughs> thank That's, god but you guys got slime um, by butane and cannabis oil or just a big cloud of butane just like washed over you guys it's both it's both oh. so it's a big cloud of of butane but as it's as it's separating uh it's like ejecting droplets of hash oil was the hash oil hot or cold i just gotta because i, I would something it was it's hot. hot oh yeah, was man hot. yeah this is tar and feathered without the feathers the expansion i think we we more than dealt with the heat of the oh. of the mixture in the expansion <laughs> that is like right? some elmer fudd type stuff like i put a cork like daffy duck put a cork in elmer fudd's like butane extractor <laughs> <laughs> that's it <laughs> And it just boom blew up, and like you're just, oh, that's just good. Hey, <laughs> there's nothing worse than no. washing hash oil out of your oh. hair. I mean, you got to use the peanut butter yeah. on no. that. Uh, no, no, there is there is something worse than washing hash oil out of your hair. It's washing hash oil out from underneath your eyelids. Oh, oh. Damn. ow! Jeez, Ezra, my God, the eyelids. Thank you. For that story, oh I, I almost evacuated the studio. Oh, <laughs> my, God. my God. Soak it, Ezra. And God. You, you can heavier than air, so it does the opposite of what helium does, your voice. And so, of course, my first words were, nobody lied about it. <laughs> 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 even, even in the face of certain death, I'm an insufferable smartass. Yeah, so you're lucky. Wait, what didn't... was it exactly you said? Nobody, nobody light a match. <laughs> nobody light a match. That's funny. I didn't know that. Did yeah, luckily they didn't have a refrigerator or anything in there because even the spark from that could oh have ignited. And that's gosh. happened to it's people for when when electronics yeah. click on that static shock yeah. is enough Does to that. ignite it. Oh my god! Thank you, yeah. Thank you Ezra. We for got we have uh, one more caller, so I'm gonna have to let you go, but. Thank you so much for that wonderful, that was a good terrifying story. story. I feel like we're going to have to bring you back on for Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> cannabis. Tales from the, cri- yeah. from the crypt. <laughs> Tales from the extractor. Yeah. Oh, I love well, it. Well, sounds good, guys. Thanks for Thank having you. me. Thanks, Ezra. All right, take care, Ezra. Join Cam. All yeah, right. Will do. Join Thank Cam. You. I love that. All right. So we are about to get our girl from Massachusetts back on the line. That's Hold my on state. One second. Well, nice. she is a, you know, Amanda is our favorite uh our favorite um well, no. She's, she's an our old school. First she's a veteran. Fan. Whoa, we got some static going on. There we go. Remove that. Oh, someone has their phone. I got lots of things. Hey, Hold on. Uh, can Amanda, do, are you there? Does she copy? Amanda does someone have a lightsaber on? I, know. I don't know. Yeah. Man, we're having all sorts of. Yeah, let's. Amanda, we're calling you from another n- number. We can't hear you, damn it. 
Can you wait? Hold on. Yeah, my phone's not fancy. It doesn't interfere with radio waves and <laughs> well, mine doesn't satellite either. technology. Oh, stop it. Okay, we're going to have to figure this one out. Hold on one second. With All eight right. minutes to go, will the crew will figure the crew out, how, figure to out how to work friggin' technology? I'm going to show you her number right now. What's her name again? Sorry. Amanda. Amanda. And we're she's going. on... She's the in city the metro train. Right. Right. Well, she's off now, so she she's wanted. She's like, to... I'm home already, guys. I know, she's like, heck? screw you guys. Yeah, I, I got to cook dinner. She's <laughs> <Just> rolling. <laughs> Sorry, we have this very high tech solution to this, and it takes. A... I right. know. I hope it goes to voicemail. Oh my no, god! Leave, funny. I hope she leave the longest voicemail she's ever had. Yeah, we could leave her a funny voicemail. Hello. Yes. Is this Amanda? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the New Hemp Times podcast. Thank you How for messaging you, us. Kid? Oh, Good. we're having great times as usual. You. Thank you for chiming in today. Well, I, you know what? I, Jen, I saw you speak a couple of months ago in Boston with a C3RN event, and I, I fully admit it, I fell in love. Oh, I love you, Amanda. Thank you. Thank um, you. Thank you. And what you guys are doing is such a key piece of what's missing for those of us that are on the front line. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, which is why every Wednesday at 4 o'clock I turn my phone on when I know I shouldn't and I might lose my job because I do. Um, but it is really important to me that my customers know what they're getting into. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Do you find that a lot of people don't know what they're getting into? I, I do. I, I would like to have serious conversations with Facebook threads, Reddit threads, yep. Instagram threads, Snapchat, they, them, and all these people's friends. So you think the social media is the best way to get the uh, education out from you guys that are Massachusetts frontline folks? Um, well, you know, I can only tell you what happens in my shop and what I've seen in other shops. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, since I took over leadership of my shop, Mm -hmm. I've always been very passionate about people being educated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially about this stuff because, you know, let's face it, mean people suck and there are a lot of mean people out there. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yep. That's right. Um, you know, like my customer with the cartridge that turned out to be DMT, they came to me because they bought something at another smoke shop and Mm -hmm. they've got a free gift with purchase, which mm. is the loophole in the law in Massachusetts. Yep. Mm. Um, uh, uh. So wait, how, it, how did you guys determine it's DMT? I'm so curious. I can't, I can't contain I myself. Actually, I looked at the cartridge and I function tested it on a battery because when you have a battery that has a preheat cycle, you can function test it to see if it's making the electrical connection. Yep. Interesting. Nobody has to hit it. Right. Um, but it, it didn't smell right to me. Interesting. And the color was definitely not right, mm-hmm. and the viscosity was completely wrong. Mm-hmm. That is great. So the stickiness, how it kind of flowed, was off from a cannabis. The color was off. And the it, it color like was off. You, what was the color the, like? That's fascinating. It looked like, to me, it looked like what you spit out when you chew tobacco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. I definitely don't mm-hmm. want to put that in my body. <laughs> so, no. Wow. And I said, I, I handed them because I, I go to a lot of cannabis conferences and a lot of cannabis trade shows mm-hmm. yeah. um, so that my customers don't yell at me and that I can educate them. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have a lot of moments like with batteries and cartridges where we go back to sixth grade science where they made you light the light bulb up with a potato. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so, so what happened? You, you recognize, I want to go back to the story. Sorry. This I is- recognized it as not being what I would put in my own body. Yeah. And I handed them a business card for a third party testing lab that you can, in Framingham, that you can literally walk in their door yeah. and say, I would like to have this tested. Yeah. Sometimes you have to pay through the wazoo for it. But in this case, it was worth it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they came back to me two days later and said, I'm so glad that you encouraged me to do this. And they showed me the third-party lab results, and I looked at it, and it, with what I saw in there, I was like, well, that's definitely not cannabis. Um, oh, my God. Mm. Yeah. And you know, then there was a note on it from the person who tested it saying, do not consume this. This is DMT. Wow. And and you know what dispensary it came from? Or was it from a shop? It did shop? not come out of a dispensary, mm. okay? There is a loophole mm-hmm. in the laws in Massachusetts when it comes to cannabis. It is not illegal to gift cannabis in the state of Massachusetts. So who, where did they oh, get yeah. this product? I've, then? I've heard of this so before. You can yeah. walk in, you can walk into smoke shops and oh. some of them have a, what's called a gifting program. Right. Oh my It's a $50 t-shirt. They did the same right. thing in DC for a while where they, right. you could but gift cannabis. Gift. For a while it was up on Craigslist where you could buy a brown paper bag for 50 bucks and you'd have a gift in it. Yeah. Or mm. the glass I've jar. Actually, <laughs> oh. I've actually had people walk into my store and say, I have my brown paper bag. Where's my gift? Right. Oh, wow. And I look at him and say, well, you're SOL, buddy. I don't gift. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. So let me ask you this, Amanda. Um, with, with, the, with the shops that have opened in the past year, would you consider yourself in terms of uh, being on the front line of safety and knowledge and being able to share that with your customers? Are you, are you a rarity? Um, I am like a rarity. You are. Yep. So if you went out to the Cape and those two – dispensaries that opened out on Cape Cod. We won't mention them, but are they are they on the front line of knowledge and able to serve their customers the same way or I have not been able to go down to those to okay. the dispensaries on the South Shore yet. Yeah. I have gone to others that are closer to the Boston area. Okay. And I can tell you like in Leicester, I had one of the greatest dispensary experiences I've ever had. In where? Leicester. Okay. Yep. You know, uh, Amanda, he's first. asking. Amanda, he's asking for a friend. You yeah, know? just for a friend. <laughs> just for a friend. Right. Frequents the well, area. When you're in town, honey, you got All a friend. All right. All right. Oh, All right. Hey. well, we we've, we've mm. got a trip planned this yeah. summer <laughs> to the Cape. Yep. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, but my my shop is also a little bit different than most traditional smoke shops because it's not just a smoke shop. We also sell adult novelty toys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this Go is like on. This is my 30 years mm. of being a stoner and a pervert have finally paid off. <laughs> a stervert is what you a call it. <laughs> a stone pervert. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Ignore him, Amanda. <laughs> so did you have some like fun gift baskets for like Easter and stuff like that? Like, I mean, it sounds... well. We kind of got screwed this year on 420 because it was also Easter and Passover. I know. I so know. everybody was on their best behavior. Mm. Um, that does, I will, really? I will say that, that 420 is a little bit quieter in, in Boston in the past couple of years because there's nobody out there with a bullhorn and beating on drums and air horns protesting, why can't we make cannabis legal? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Are you serious? So there's no, okay. I mean, maybe there's a small rally, you know, 
that's I think they should just add a statue for hemp or cannabis. I mean, the statue for the discovery of anesthesia is in Boston, so I think <laughs> right next to it should idea. be maybe a hemp statue. And we statue. know what the uh, Chinese he- word. Yeah. I would love that. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's, that's fascinating because, you know, around the country there were a lot of, you know, festivals and outdoor yeah. bashes um, I know leading I up to and during 420. Wow. Yeah. We considered it the holiday weekend. It was so, like right. a trifecta holiday. Were you already? Well, it, it was a great it's holiday. A I mean, trust <laughs> me, we, we got 420 on here. But, um, right. Yeah, Plus, no. I've been making edibles like a fiend for my boyfriend who just had surgery. So, oh, th- that's the best. One of the best recoveries is edibles for surgery. Yes. Yeah. Well, he is now in love with potato gratin because of this. Oh, that sounds. Wait, good. you make like full-on chef meals? I was a professional chef for eleven years, Jeff. Amanda's oh, nothing wait. to play with. I know. She's, she's we need Amanda time, here. Dude, we need I mean. Amanda here. If you're ever in New York, Amanda, you've got a seat here, and we would love to have you on. Or, or send oh. us a recipe. We'll try to make it on air. <laughs> there it is. I just send y'all a resume. Yeah. <laughs> there resume. It is. I love it. it. I love it. I love it. Oh, that's. I mean, great. my mother makes the joke that I'm what happens when MacGyver and Murphy Stewart have a love child. So. Ah. <laughs> And Snoop Dogg's a stepdad. That's, that's a show right there. I like that. Nice. I love those MacGruber episodes. Yeah. What's that, MacGruber? Well, <laughs> Sorry. We are running out of hemp yes, time. We are. But Amanda, thank you, Amanda. Thanks. Yes. Thank you so much thank for your you. story. Uh, I think what you have there is potentially a scientific publication. Uh, Researchers have published less data than what you've described with finding DMT in a marijuana vape pen. Again, thank you, though, for being on the front lines. If I have to tell one more customer that there is over 164 chemical components in this plant, THC and CBD are just two, get a grip. There it is. I have a feeling you're going to have to tell it to about 200 million more adults. Or just All refer right, them well, to New yeah. Hemp Times. How yeah, about that? <laughs> just maybe we'll give you our card and you can right. just be like, just listen, you'll learn. I'm Send tired of saying any this. Any marketing materials you people have, because when you were playing live in the store, people are like, what's that? And I was like, these are real scientists. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mess with Dr. J. <laughs> no, no, you don't. No, you don't. Oh. But have, have a great week. Thank you, Amanda. Right. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Keep you have a great work. one. Keep up the, the work, man. Wow, that was great. Yeah. Love having her on. So surprising that even in this day and age, we talked about it on the show today with the fake vape pens sneaking yeah. their way in there. Yeah. And I mean, why not just, you know, if someone's going to give me a pen that had something other than cannabis in it, I, I would want big block letters warning DMT. I know. <laughs> or like... I just think of, like, all the kids then who are doing that because they can go. It's not going to be good. This is not good, people. All All right. right. Well, it's time for our closing segment. (laughs) If you have something for Mind Munchies, this is where we leave you with something to chew on, something to think about. Uh, Okay. I got one. You got one, Jan? I don't know what the fuck I'm going to say, but here's what I'm thinking about. Is that maybe we use this week, well, we know we're going to be away from the show because we're not going to be recording next week. So maybe the next two weeks, if our listeners, when they imbibe their favorite herb, let it speak to you. Listen to it from a spiritual perspective and see if it kind of helps you gain some insight. So grow. I like that. Use this plant to grow. I like that. Don't stay stuck. Grow. I like that. See where it takes you. 
I like that too. That was similar to what I was going to say. Oh my and I actually saw a quote this week from a Nobel Prize uh, winner. Uh, he said, cannabis is a world of mystery. And I really oh. like that because oh, cannabis is a way is a mystery, but it also intersects with almost everything, every industry, every scientific discipline, the law, political science. So it can be a way for you to learn yeah. about other things and how it applies and how it affects mm-hmm. us. Because some of the most interesting legal cases are about hemp and cannabis and mm-hmm. uh, commerce crossing state lines and things like that, as well yeah. as crossing boundaries of science, biology, mm. and, and other disciplines as well. So cannabis is a world of mystery. There's mm. still plenty to learn from it and from studying it. Do you have anything, Randy? So I have a little challenge for, for our growing community. Why don't you reach out to a friend, somebody who's on the 420 side who supports you, and somebody who maybe doesn't support or wants to find out a little bit more about what you've been so passionate about, have them listen and let's grow this community a little bit. Um, I think it's important that we start having some voices and who are slightly pessimistic that need to um, be acclimated to this side. And a lot of times it's in our family, it's our friends or whatever. So uh, we could grow this thing, educate folks, and mm-hmm. share stories. And-, and maybe what we can do, too, because maybe we can use our IRCCMH's phone number and give it to people Bingo. so that they can call that number on Wednesdays from 4 to 6. Of course not. Wednesday, Good idea. Next Wednesday, because next Wednesday we're not here. But the following, in two weeks, we'll post it on the New Hemp Times um, Facebook page, and that way people can call in with questions yep. when we start to take that. Because this is important that we learn from each other and grow that's right. together and have conversations that normally we wouldn't have. So I love that, Randy. I cool. think that's a great challenge for our listeners and for them to, you know, to get people who aren't so excited yep. about this. I think so. Yeah, you have to talk about the good and the bad, and we can take it further than it's ever gone. Yeah, yeah. So before we sign off, I do want to kind of, again, do that little sad PBS pull. But uh, if you like our show, we are here. I just signed another contract to continue this podcast. So we would love to have the supporters out there so that this is a a labor of love, you know, with Greer, Jahan, Randy, and myself. So if you're interested in supporting us, please do so by going to www.patreon.com slash newhemptimes. We have many different levels of support, and we really appreciate the patronage and need it to continue. So thank you so much. We want to spread the word. All right. All right. Thank you. Are we done, guys? Yes. See you in two weeks. See you in two weeks. Happy spring break, people. Yeah. Bye.